Hey, what's going on? My name is Lee Hopkins. My pronouns are he, him, his, and you're listening to the Patterns of Possibility podcast. I am so glad to have you back. Thanks for joining me. I hope that you had a great holiday. So in the last episode, I talked about how I disappeared for a while, basically unceremoniously, poof, disappeared to go figure out whatever I needed to do about my life. And I, I found that I had a lot of things that I was carrying around in my life, a lot of baggage, a lot of ideas, a lot of time-sensitive things. Nope. I want to say not necessarily time-sensitive, but maybe, yeah, time-sensitive things that I would do. Like, I, I would use a lot of my time and energy and put into things and kind of half-ass it. I would not get the results that I was hoping to get because I put too much energy into this and I put not enough energy into that. And then when I go shift this energy around from here to there to the next place, I just don't seem to get anything that's absolutely complete and absolutely focused. And that's what happened with this podcast. I decided that I would create more and more episodes, put more energy into it, get guests, and I would um, do friendship interviews or friendship advice and, and things like that. And I would also create these stories about my life. So all that took time on top of having um, Toastmasters, having my own job, <laughs> nine to five, you know, things like that. And so it was a it was an imbalance. And, we, and then I'm all here also thinking I want to cure my own loneliness. I want to cure loneliness for other people, too. And there was just no time for it. So move all that stuff off of the table and take a new focus in life. And that's what I've done. So that's where I've been for the last several weeks is looking at those things. And as we move into the new year, as we move into the new year, I hope that this is something that you will also think about doing. Take a look around, take a look at where your time and energy is spent and really look and see if this is something that you really want to do. Are these your values? Do these hold up to your values? Is this something that you want to keep in long term? Is the legacy that you're going to build? Is it something that you enjoy when, when you look back at it from a, a year or two or maybe just in a couple of days or from now? Are you satisfied? Do you feel fulfilled in this moment? So that's that's where I've been and that's that's what I've been doing. And what I've discovered is that my values are all misaligned. They're all messed up. They're all jacked up. They're they're here. They're there. They're everywhere. They're not exactly what it, what I'm supposed to be doing with my life. In the last episode, I mentioned my being transgender, hiding. I mentioned hiding that whole thing from everyone, just because I felt like it. It made me feel more safe. Made me feel more comfortable, and. It, I was lying to myself saying that it is something that is not important for anyone to know. Now, the truth is, is that important for everybody to know? It really, it really isn't that thing. I don't need to discuss it. Well, as soon as I meet someone new, hey, I'm transgender. Hey, how you doing? That conversation is very uncomfortable. Nobody needs to know what's going on underneath my clothes. That's not how you introduce yourself to people. But it is also a core part of my personality. It's a part of my, my person, of who I am, of how I move in the world, of what I do on a day-to-day basis, of how people will see me. And I've discovered that 
there was a huge fear behind sharing that. The huge fear is this rejection that I would always face. Undoubtedly, I feel that no matter who I tell this, they're going to reject me. And upon reflection, I discovered that that wasn't just because of being transgender. That wasn't the whole thing. There were other things that made me feel like I was going to be rejected too. This isn't a new thing. I've been transitioned for about six years now. And being rejected isn't new to me. Being rejected because of something I do or because of who I am or because of what I want in life isn't new. And in fact, it's not new to anybody. Not new to anybody. This is all something that happens on a regular day-to-day basis. And I discovered that I didn't know how to handle it. I did not know how to handle it. Anything that I might be rejected for, I would hide, 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 hide. And I know that I'm not the only person that does that. So part of the time off, much of the time off that I spent away from the podcast, I focused on the patterns of possibility, the absolute, the business, the business part of it, where I want to coach people and help people make genuine connections. And I talked about my values and I had to sit down and look at my values and see what they really are, what's really important to me. And being rejected came up many, many times. Rejection and resentment. Rejection from the fact that I can't be myself. I'm not thinking about that I can be myself. Hiding myself. And then resenting the fact that I can't be myself. And so I'm creating this space between me and the people I want to be close to. No matter how close, no matter how close I think I've got them, if I don't reveal some core part of my personality, I don't reveal something that's important to me, like being transgendered, because I want to talk about those things to the people who are close to me. Not everybody. Not everybody needs to know. But it's comfortable. It creates a nice uh, filter already. It's super important to me. And if people don't like it, then we can already just kind of gauge where we are in our connection. It's it's easy to put out there. It's, and I've been surprised about how many people in my life have been responding. They've been very kind and they've been very accepting and, and, and questioning and curious. And some have been res- resistant. And that's okay too. We just are in a place. So what I was getting at is that the patterns of possibility, I'm putting a presentation together about my experiences, basically sharing what I've done and where I've come from and why this resentment just didn't appear out of nowhere. It was something that was a pattern in my life. And I wanted to share that with you today. I've created a podcast episode around being well not a podcast episode i created my presentation it's on youtube you can find it on youtube um but i've decided i would share an audio version of it as well so i turned it into an audio version that you can listen to right here i'll make sure to leave it here for you um my hope is that you'll be inspired with this and Maybe you'll take a look at some of the things that we're 
we're all holding close to us, hoping that other people won't find. But until we get to this point where we're, we look at ourselves and we look at the things that we don't want people to see and we show them those ugly things, we show them those things that that we're afraid will be rejected for and actually face that rejection, face the rejection or face something, something, something that will, will something other than the rejection which is being embraced well we give them the opportunity to 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 decide whether they want us in their lives whether instead of trying to be in control of it all the time trying to control the fact that we don't want them to see this thing that we believe is nasty and ugly or, or should be a secret or we should never show the light of day to we give them an opportunity to look at it and say, hey, you know what? That's not bad. Actually, look at mine. Because look at mine. Mine, I, I feel like this. You can be open and vulnerable to each other. That's the key to vulnerability. And I really found that on my journey. And I, I hope that this new year, that it comes up. When it comes to this new year, you'll take a look at your life and just like me and Maybe you'll discover something that you didn't want to share and realize you, you share it with someone and they've accepted it. They accept it. They accept you and they accept it and they feel very, they feel much closer to you because you've done it. So that's what this presentation is about. So I hope that you'll take a listen, you'll enjoy, and I'll be back with another episode very soon. Oh, with that said, I almost forgot. I don't know what the future of the podcast format is going to look like because I've just listed all these ideas that I've had to make the podcast grow. So I want to be careful about putting the time and energy properly into what I need to make sure I get it out. Because at the end of the day, at the end of the day, um, the podcast is a medium for me to help people facilitate genuine connection. That's what I want to do. So I want to make sure that whatever I do focuses us in that direction. If you have any thoughts or concerns or questions about the podcast or what you'd like to see, in fact, actually, if you'd like to share some of your experiences, something that you may have felt that you didn't want to share, but when you did share, it opened up for everyone, it opened up oh, a new connection for someone, I'd really appreciate it. Again, thank you so much for listening, and I will see you next time. I'm about to show you one of the most life-changing before and after pictures that you'll ever see. And I must warn you, the pictures I show in this next slide might shock you. But before I do that, let me introduce myself. My name is Lee Hopkins. My pronouns are he, him, his, and I'm a transformational coach for the patterns of possibility. I help people connect, care, and communicate with others. Thank you for joining me for the Why Can't I Make Friends presentation. For this presentation, we'll explore the three social myths that prevent you from making lasting friendships. We'll talk about how they sabotage your relationships and how you can stop them from doing any more damage so that you can learn to start making lasting friendships. Now, to the shocking pictures. Mind-blowing, right? Look closely. In the first picture, I was suffering from a debilitating disease that more than a third of all Americans are currently enduring. What's more shocking is that the affliction is almost twice as prevalent in young adults like the me on the left.
When you hear about it, you'll be surprised. You might even ask, why isn't everyone talking about it? Where's the cure for this? Can you see it? Well, maybe not. The difference is something you may not be able to see. I look comfortable in both pictures, and I'm smiling. But if you only knew what was happening on the inside. Whenever I look at these two pictures, I can see how far I've come in learning to accept myself. The person on the left was miserable. He was locked in a never-ending cycle of suffering from loneliness and solitude. You see, what we've been told is that in order to meet people, to make friends, we have to be entertaining, charming, and maybe even influential. In the first picture, I did just that. I was all the things I thought I was supposed to be. In fact, I organized a regional karaoke club where I envisioned having competitions for some of the best singers around, just like American Idol. I honestly wish I could say that I failed at that, because at least it would explain why I still felt such a deep ache for connection. But I was successful. I went out every night and I had more than 350 people follow the Facebook page. I even became a minor celebrity. And all of the time and energy I put into the karaoke group made me visible just like I thought I wanted. But it didn't address the real issue of the lack of connection and that feeling of loneliness. I now know that I had insecurities, fears, and flaws that led me to believe that anyone who really knew me would not trust me. And they certainly would not like me. So I hid myself because I'd never really learned what it meant to accept myself. That's because when it comes to making friends, I mean really building meaningful friendships and relationships, I thought I knew exactly what to do. It seemed simple enough from the TV that I watch. It seemed simple enough from watching others around me in school and at work. I just did what they did. They smiled and laughed together. And in the rare instance they fought, I saw that it was short-lived and they made up without a problem. So I was doing those things. I was being amicable, friendly, and conversational. I made gaming friends, I had drinking buddies, and I had a whole karaoke cohort. But time and time again, when that one defining thing we had in common disappeared, so did they. So did our friendship. I was puzzled. What happened? I did all the things. Why can't I make friends? What was preventing our friendship from lasting more than just a few months? That's when I discovered what I'd learned from watching from others wasn't real. I was creating a false reality. It looked like I had friends. It looked like I was accepted. But I discovered the truth with this one question. If you had an emergency at 3 a.m. on a Tuesday night, who could you call that would come and help? The answer for me was no one. And it had been like that for more than a decade. This was a wake-up call. I had to look closely at what I thought I was doing and what was actually happening. 
That's when I discovered what I call the three social myths. Believing in those three social myths got me surrounded by some amazing people, but I couldn't be myself with them. I wanted this karaoke group for me more than anyone because I wanted a captive audience of people who, quote, accepted me and would allow me to sing my feelings out to them. In reality, the reasons for the shift in me wasn't because I ultimately became very popular and with all the admiration, I then learned to accept myself. No, not at all. In the first picture, I was just beginning my journey as a trans man. My voice changed and I could no longer sing the way I did before. And I didn't want to continue the group. I became even more depressed and desperate to find a space where I felt accepted. The problem was, I was trying to find validation in karaoke and in popularity. And that belief was driven by the three social myths. This presentation, Why Can't I Make Friends, is about addressing those three social myths that keep us from making lasting friendships. Because yes, each of us has insecurities, fears, and flaws that lead us to hide a bit of ourselves. But that doesn't mean that we have to be lonely. That doesn't mean that we have to settle for friendships that are one-sided, where we're always reaching out. We deserve to have friends to celebrate with, to hang out with, to just talk to. We deserve to have friends who will care for us in our time of need, especially when the call comes in the middle of the night. We deserve to have people in our life that will say, yes, I'll be there. By the end of this presentation, you'll be able to identify the three social myths that are plaguing your friendships. You'll find the truth of each myth so that you can stop them from doing any more damage. And you'll learn how to start making lasting friendships. That brings us to the first myth. Growing up, I learned that any potential friendship could be killed instantly with an argument. Arguing with people meant that you didn't like each other and you weren't real friends. The moment that either of us were to express an idea or opinion that the other didn't like, I could lose them forever. So, if I found myself on the verge of a disagreement, myth number one convinced me to stop talking about it ASAP. No matter how strongly I felt, I should not ever express it. It also convinced me that I should never leave the friendship because perhaps there would be some redeemable qualities or commonalities there. My lack of self-acceptance and self-worth made it so that I was willing to try and make an awkward connection work simply because they hadn't rejected me. That's because I believed you should never cause friction. I believe that disagreement causes friction and would make me instantly unlikable. If you tried this, you might have found yourself bored to tears or completely resentful because you were doing things that you didn't really like just for the sake of having someone to hang out with. Not only did this show up in my friendships, it glowed in my romantic relationships. I would keep it up for as long as I could, but inevitably, I would end up expressing my true feelings of disagreement, my friend or partner would feel betrayed, 
and lied to, which ultimately helped destroy the relationship. By trying to never cause friction, I lost years of time pretending to be someone I wasn't. The truth is, I needed to show up and express myself. I found myself resenting them or arguing later because I didn't want to keep my feelings bottled up any longer. I could have saved time for both of us if I'd just be willing to talk it out when the issue first appeared. You see, loneliness happens when we don't talk about things that are truly important and relevant to us. There's the obvious importance of career versus family, relationship roles and hobbies, but that doesn't get to the heart of what's expected and acceptable to you. Not only for today, but also in the future. Quality connections happen with value-based discussion. You need space to talk about things that are interesting and relevant to you and your lifestyle. I never took the time to examine what was really deep and important to me, so I couldn't have had a quality conversation even if I tried. If I could have, I would have known if we were a better fit faster. Now that brings us to myth number two. I think this myth is the one that scares people the most. Let me tell you why. Meeting people is one thing, but talking with them is a whole nother. It was hard to break the ice when I felt that everything I would talk about was stupid, unimportant, or it was a bother to explain. I'd be afraid to approach or start a conversation. That's because I had an even bigger fear. I just knew that I would be rejected. So this is what I would do. When I met people, I would buzz around listening and waiting for a time to chime in, but then feel weird about keeping the conversation going. Sometimes the conversations were awkward, if not completely bizarre and off-putting. But still, if I was lucky, it would lead to an exchange and contact information, which then led to some mismatched connections that ultimately fizzled out. I thought, oh well, these just aren't the right people for me. And with each failed friendship or relationship, I would search for a whole other group, hoping to find the quote, right people. I didn't just try different venues to meet people either. I was so afraid that in my adult life, I moved to three different states to be near different people. My solution was pretty drastic, but my fear was so, so deep. That's where karaoke became a crutch in dealing with my fear. First thing I would do is get a beer to help with that stage fright. Then I'd pick a song to start singing my feelings. And then I'd finally make some connections. It was much easier to make connections that way because I could comment on someone else's performance. I would say, hey, I've never heard anyone sing Mambo Number no. 5 like that. Come over and talk to me at my table. It's great to be able to connect on an initial single event, but after that, I wasn't able to express anything more. I couldn't talk about my bad day at work or anything else that was happening in my life. No, we would go back to our drinks and watching other people sing. The truth is, 
that many people are waiting for someone else to break the ice. But there must also be vulnerability. I know vulnerability is scary. Being vulnerable means you have a greater chance of being hurt. But that's when you really get to shine and show yourself. You must have mutual vulnerability to cultivate meaningful relationships. There's no connection otherwise. If you hadn't experienced it, trust me when I tell you. It leads to the only kind of openness and encouragement that can really nourish you. So don't let that fear of rejection deter you. It's natural to shy away from a potentially ugly and painful rejection, but with some of my tools and techniques, you'll be able to handle the situation with confidence. You won't have to have a beer, sing your feelings, and move across three different states like I did. Finally, let's get to myth number three. Now this myth is legendary. I say that because you may have heard of this myth, but may be expressed or applied in different ways. I myself have heard, be a giver, not a taker. Now this might sound counterintuitive, but if you're doing this, I highly recommend you stop immediately. That's because of what I experienced. When making friends, I wanted to make an impact. I really wanted to be known for something cool and interesting, but I had no cool and interesting hobbies to share. So I wanted to do something for them, something to get their attention. That's because I believed the way of being a giver, not a taker, was to try to win them over. Trying to win them over does more harm than good because you connect in an inauthentic way. When the first thing you do is give a gift, whatever that might be, you're creating a transactional relationship rather than establishing an organic one. These people had no idea that I wanted to transition from female to male. I don't even know how they felt about it because I didn't give them a chance to tell me. I just disappeared from the scene. As much fun as I had with karaoke, unfortunately, I wasn't connected in any other substantial way. And I was terrified of rejection. I expected them to accept me for becoming transgender, but I couldn't even do that for myself. That brings us to truth number three. The truth is, people want you to be reflective. When you're reflective, you demonstrate that you can clearly see their point, And, most importantly, you acknowledge why they feel that way. It doesn't mean that you agree with what they say, but it means that you understand how they feel. Since I no longer wanted to sing, I wished for friends who would be okay about talking about my voice changing. I wished for friends who would talk about my new singing fear. I wished for friends who would celebrate my whole new lifestyle. And I resented the fact that I didn't have any. Meaningful connections happen with others who affirm us because when you show who you are, you stop the resentment that comes from wishing that you could be yourself. These three social myths have done some harm in my relationships and countless others. Yet, we've been told to believe in them. Never cause friction. You'll be rejected. You must win them over. If you're doing any of these, these are what's preventing you from creating lasting friendships. 
Each myth plays on a fear of being ridiculed or immediately disliked. There's no shame in having that fear because we internalize these myths, but we don't have to keep them. Remember the truth. In order to make meaningful connections, you must have these three things. Value-based discussion, vulnerability, and others who affirm us. Now, maybe you feel like you've tried these before. Maybe you've talked about these things that were important to you and you've been open to others' opinions. But there's something deeper and more important that you have yet to share that will create that lasting friendship you want. These three things are based in truth, your truth, which is not easy to face let alone proclaim to others. I hid my deepest scars, desires, and fears. I stayed in the dark because deep down, I believed that I was already unlikable and unlovable. I was so afraid that if I opened up, I'd be fully shunned and shamed forever. I know that feeling. I've lived it. That's why I created the Patterns of Possibility. That's why I created this presentation. That's why, right now, I want to ask you, what life would you like to create for yourself? If you're watching this, I'm confident that you want to break free from the silent resentment that comes from not being able to talk about things that are most important to you. Imagine being able to spend time with others who affirm and appreciate you. How amazing would it feel to know that you have friends who will show up for you when you call them in your time of need? If this is the life that you want to create for yourself, then it's time to let go of these myths. You have to forget these myths because they will never work. They simply don't address the truth of the lack of connection and the deep feelings of loneliness. If you want to waste less time on relationships that ultimately fail, develop more meaningful quality connections faster, and gain confidence in your ability to start a conversation, then you want to remember what I'm about to say. And this, this is key to the entire presentation. If you only take away one thing from what I've said here, take this life-changing lesson with you. They don't work because they don't help us get clear on how to accept ourselves. Before we can make any kind of meaningful connection with others, we must have one with ourselves. Before we can handle rejection from others, we must handle rejection from ourselves. And to do that, you must get clear on your personal values and beliefs. Quite simply, you need to know what's important to you. You need to be able to fully express the depth of its importance and be willing to walk away if you don't get it. I just shared my experience of how I unknowingly repeated the same mistakes looking for lasting friendships. I kept repeating the same mistakes because I needed someone to help me understand exactly what I was doing to recreate the loneliness. This understanding is vital to making meaningful relationships because many times, we don't know what's important to us until we've reached a different emotional state and we've had a chance to reflect on the experience. 
Having someone who is already in a different emotional state with a clear mind and a similar life experience coach me made all the difference. I needed to clearly understand my values. That's because values and beliefs determine everything about our friendships, relationships, and any of our connections. Our values and beliefs act like a screen for everyone we meet. Being clear on our values is so powerful because it allows us to quickly decide where and how to best invest our time. When meeting others, our values will determine where we'll meet because we'd be intentional about visiting places that are important, interesting, and exciting to us. And while we're at those places, our values will determine how well we'll get along because we would focus the conversation on subjects that are important, interesting, and exciting to us. Our values will also help us understand their overall attitudes towards relationships. Because after we've met them, we'd want to learn what kind of friendship we would have. Values like cooperation and sense of responsibility, level of empathy, sense of fairness, honesty, and forgiveness are a core part of who we are. Many of these are at the root of the problems with our friendships. Are your conversations one-sided, where you feel like you're doing most of the talking? It may have a lot to do with what cooperation and responsibility mean to both of you. Do they always take an unreasonable amount of time responding to your texts? Let's compare their level of empathy and sense of fairness. Do they create a toxic environment by talking about you to others behind your back? For that, let's look at honesty and forgiveness. Whether meeting for the first time or having lifelong friends, recognizing just these few values for ourselves will save us the heartache and drama that comes when our friends don't meet our expectations. When we have our values, we'll then be able to present our expectations of what a meaningful connection is to us. These values also exist to help us establish our relationship boundaries. You have your nevers. These are actions you will not tolerate, your personal limitations. Your negotiables. These are actions you aren't thrilled with, but they're tolerable. And your needs. These are actions you desire. They're personally fulfilling to you. With these in mind, we can create a picture of what an affirming friendship or relationship means to us. If creating deep, meaningful friendships is something that you desire, but aren't sure where to start, let me help you. Join me on a complimentary Close Connections assessment call. During our 30 minutes together, we'll take a look at some ways you've tried to find friendships before, troubleshoot any current friendships that you might have, and we'll begin to uncover what an ideal friendship is to you. Have you experienced one-sided conversations? Conversations that fizzle out? or toxic relationships and friendships? In our 30-minute Close Connections assessment call, we'll reflect on any roadblocks that are preventing you from making meaningful friendships. Remember the truth. Before we can make any kind of meaningful connection with others, we must have one with ourselves. Before we can handle rejection from others, we must handle rejection from ourselves. That means being honest with ourselves 
and fully living our truth. And to do that, you must get clear on your own personal values and beliefs. During this presentation, I shared my experience of how I believed in the three social myths, of how I was so afraid of rejection that I jumped from friend group to friend group, and how I spent so much energy creating a community that I couldn't even be myself with. It's lonely, but you don't have to do it alone. I want to help you feel empowered. Let's get started on your journey towards stronger, more supportive, and reassuring relationships today. Click the link to book your complimentary Close Connections assessment call. I appreciate you and I look forward to connecting with you. My name's Lee Hopkins, my pronouns are he, him, his, and you have been listening to the Patterns of Possibility podcast. If you want more content like this, go to PatternsOfPossibility.com, or you can email me at PatternsOfPossibility at gmail.com. You can find me on all the social medias at Patterns of Possibility. Reach out to me, follow me, like, and subscribe. I'll talk to you soon. Take care.